Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Good morning, everyone. It is July 27th, 2016, and you are listening to Locked On Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I am the editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and we are coming to you uh, on this day. Uh, the season's starting to slow down a little bit. We're, we're continuing today our series uh, looking at some of the key roles that, that are going to be played out, and of course, there's obviously some some national conversation going on uh, about that as well, and so uh, we'll probably be talking about that and commenting on that uh, for a little while longer, but I just want to make sure everyone knows that they can check me out on the Lockdown Spurs podcast from Tuesday for a chat about USA Basketball. I joined Jeff Garcia over on Lockdown Spurs. Be sure to check out all the great Lockdown Podcasts. There are some fantastic podcasts out there. People like Brett Dawson, David Locke, obviously, uh, Sean Hyken, Jay King, uh, John Corrales, you know, Jeff Garcia, myself. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm forgetting everyone. There are some fantastic Locked On podcasts out there. So if you are interested in, in just about any NBA team, you can find a podcast very similar to this one talking about that team uh, nearly on a daily basis. So be sure to check out some of those podcasts and be sure to follow us on iTunes. You can find us on iTunes at Locked On Magic as well as on Audio Boom and Stitcher. And uh, uh, that, that's where you can listen to the podcast. On today's show, we'll be talking about uh, kind of a, the big question that I've had uh, in my mind, and it's something I'll make an argue. I'll, I'm willing to make an argument for: Is Serge Ibaka a four or a five? I think it's one of the big uh, role decisions the Magic have to make, and obviously they kind of made it a little bit with where they invested some of their money. But uh, I, I think I can make a pretty convincing argument that Serge Ibaka has been played out of position a little too long and needs to needs to return to or needs to start playing a little bit more center in today's NBA. I'm also going to talk a little bit about the offense and figuring out how the Magic are going to are going to make a working offense and what strengths this Magic offense has. I mean, we've talked a lot about how they're probably going to struggle a little bit, but uh, at the same time, there's still there's still some strengths that they have that that we need to address. But first, I do want to get into just a little bit uh, the article written by Zach Lowe of ESPN.com yesterday. Uh, there's still there's there's just so much to dissect and and we started dissecting it a little bit on the site uh, earlier today. Uh, I'll have a column about about something about it um, a little bit later about uh, uh, how the magic uh, have kind of been pushed into this push in this moment where where you know they they've got to move, to move out of rebuild where the rebuild is essentially over. I mean that's that's essentially what uh, what I, what I argued. And what I think this article really showed is the Magic tried this long rebuilding phase, and and now they've they've pushed their chips in and are ready to move forward, whether they're whether the team is ready or not. But one of the big questions that that we've been asking and we've been fi- trying to figure out is what are the Magic going to do with Nikola Vucevic? And there are a lot of fans that are dead set and loving Nikola Vucevic. He's the guy that's been with the team the longest. He's the guy that uh, has been. A very strong player, uh, you know. Obviously, very consistent offensive guy, but obviously also a guy with some weaknesses and a guy that 
has some issues that the team is trying to figure out. And the moment the Magic signed Bismack Biombo, and, and it's tough to, to, to suggest a $17 million a year player should come off the bench. Uh, you know, and while, you know, if you actually look at the salaries, he's being paid about a little bit more than what Nikola Vucevic would under a $72 million cap um, if, you defla- if you deflate it a little bit. But at the same time, you know, you don't go out and sign a top priority and not prom- not suggest that he's going to be a starter or that he'll be the starter one day. And so it seems that Nikola Vucevic's writing is on the wall. And so, yes, we have discussed how- whether the ma- what the Magic could get for Nikola Vucevic and whether it's worth trading him. It seems, though, according to Zach Lowe of ESPN.com, that the Magic are not in any rush to, to make this deal. They're, they're willing to go out and see what this, what this does. Uh, Zach Lowe writes, quote, The potential playmaking void is one reason the Magic are in no rush to trade Vucevic despite the logjam league sources. They might need postgame and especially his passing. Last season, Vucevic quietly morphed into one of the league's best passing centers. He assisted on 16% of Orlando's hoops while on the floor, a tidy number for a big man. Only five centers racked up more potential assists per sport view tracking data. Certainly, this is what we've all kind of expected. That, yes, Vucevic may, may very well be on the block. Yes, Vucevic has defensive issues, and it's not entirely clear if adding the, the power forward unicorn that is Serge Ibaka fixes those problems. But the Magic lack a lot of offensive create. They lack a lot of players who can get their own shot and score on a consistent basis, and no one might be more proven in that category on the Magic's roster than Nikola Vucevic. And so for that reason, it seems pretty certain that Nikola Vucevic is at least going to be on the Magic, but whether he starts or not is still a question. That's a question I'll, I'll ask maybe a little bit later in the, in the week. To me... I do believe Nikola Vucevic will start the season out at center. I think he is he's earned that reputation. The Magic need his offense on the floor. Uh, read, be sure to go and read all of Zach Lowe's articles. It's it's a lot of the stuff that that we've been talking about here on on Locked On Magic as well as on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. But you know Zach does it, you know, in in, in a much more uh, uh, analytical way uh, and and has the graphs to really show why there are some some question marks. I still have question marks about Vucevic's defense. Uh, I, I've come, kind of come to believe that at that center position, teams are still going to attack him, and I'm not sure Ibaka is going to be there to bail him out every time. And I think that makes the Magic defense weaker. And, and while I don't think they talk about this enough in the article, I don't think Lowe talks about this enough in the article, it's very clear that defense is how the Magic are going to get into the playoffs. And if they, if they want to get in the playoffs, they've got to have a top 10 defense. So... Can you do that with Nikola Vucevic starting at center at this this critical role of rim protection, of pick and roll protection? You know, is he willing to hedge more, knowing that he can trust Serge Ibaka behind him? Can, can Serge Ibaka get from the four to the to the rim? Uh, and that'll feed into my into my next argument here. But the Magic are correct. There should be no rush to trade Nikola Vucevic. He's still a very valuable player. And, and as low notes, a lot of teams view Vucevic as kind of a bench guy. On a winning team, Nikola Vucevic comes off the bench like an Enos Kanter, like an Al Jefferson, uh, like some of those scoring big men. It's, so it's, it's more palatable to have a guy who struggles on the defensive end but can, can score pretty quickly and score a lot of points quickly coming off the bench. And I think that is a really good role for Nick for Vucevic. 
Um, his shooting is obviously really, really valuable, and you can do a lot of different things with it. Uh, Lowe suggested seeing a lineup where Vucevic and Ibaka are on the floor together, but Aaron Gordon is ostensibly playing center, coming, you know, cutting and, and working around the basket, while Vucevic and Ibaka spread the floor out with their jump shooting. It's definitely a really, really interesting idea. So there are definitely things you can do with Nikola Vucevic. But for now, the Magic are willing, and, and certainly right now, the Magic are willing to try some of these things. If it doesn't work come February, then we might see the Vucevic rumors pick up. I don't think Nikola Vucevic trade rumors are going away. As much as there are Magic fans who are in kind of this never-trade-Vuce uh, camp, and I understand it. He's been with he's been with the team the longest. He's the longest running member of the team. He's probably their best offensive player right now. But this is about winning. And if Vucevic's offense can't overcome his defense, and, and by overcome, I mean really overcome. Because the Magic got have got to be a top ten defense to have any type of success this year. If it's not good enough to overcome those defensive failings. Or defensive struggles. Then Vucevic has to either go to the bench. Or he has to be gone. And in any case. You don't sign a player like Bismack Biombo To a four year. Four year $68 million contract. $17 million a year. With some, with some performance bonuses added in. You don't sign a player to that kind of money. And that kind of length. Without imagining him as your starting center one day. And to add further to that point, if the Magic really did believe Nikola Vucevic was their center of the future and still wanted to have a guy that was rim-protecting at all times, there were other options in free agency to go for. Rob Hannigan in this, in this post also said, and, and both players confirmed this, Nikola Vucevic was not promised a starting job. For the first time since coming to the Magic, Vucevic is going to have to fight for his minutes and his time on the floor and his role. And it's going to be very interesting to see how he responds and how Biombo responds. And if one of them's unhappy, what do the Magic do? So a lot of questions, but it does seem like the Magic are, are willing to try things and willing to see exactly whether this combination can work. And personally, I'm willing to see it too. I'm willing to try it too. I'm willing to see. I, I'm willing to give... Uh, Vucevic the opportunity. He, he deserves the opportunity. So when we've talked about whether the Magic should trade Vucevic, it's certainly with an eye further down the road because I think that time is coming inevitably. Vucevic has to prove that he has a place on this team and that he can fit the role and fit the identity this team has. So I think that is something important to remember. So moving on now, sorry that went a little bit long, but Moving on to today's big question again, I'm, I'm kind of breaking down uh, the Magic beginning to, to shake out their roles and answer questions about where players are going to play. And I, uh, like I said, the Zach Lowe article on ESPN.com does a really good job uh, plotting out the possibilities of what the Magic can do with the, with the lineups that they, that they have. Uh, but one of my big questions is very similar to the question that I asked yesterday about Aaron Gordon, and it's... Is Serge Ibaka a four or a five? The history of Serge Ibaka would suggest he is a four. He's played, the despite my poor copy editing skills, he displayed a 
fantastic. He is he has played the majority of his minutes, like the vast majority of his minutes at power forward. He has played very very little center. I, I think on BasketballReference.com. Uh, it says that he's played. He's he, he's only played thirty percent of his minutes at center, um, in his first two years. Other than that, he's been a power forward. He's always had Kendrick Perkins next to him, or Stephen Adams, or whoever. But I think the league has changed very fundamentally since then. Back when Ibaka was a younger player and and, and beginning to shift toward playing more power forward. There weren't stretch fours. The Magic were the anomaly with Rashard Lewis. They were the ones everyone was like, how do we guard this guy? Rashard's got to be able to guard bigger guys. Today, the, the question has flipped to me. And I might be totally off base on this, but to me, the question has flipped. It's If you're a big guy like Ibaka or a big guy like, like anyone, the question is now, can you guard smaller guys on the perimeter playing the four. We see lineups, common lineups, where LeBron's playing the four, Draymond Green's playing the four. And Serge Ibaka is very capable of defending these players. He's proven that he's very capable of defending these players, and there are plenty of theories why his defensive numbers slipped. But one that I think is definitely very valid nowadays and why I'm, I'm again, concerned about Nikola Vucevic playing center is there the majority of teams now have stretch fours, and that pulls Ibaka away from the paint. That keeps him on defense from being where he's most effective as a rim protector. It's easier to be a rim protector when your man is, is in the mid-range or, or hanging close to the paint. Those teams are few and far between. The Magic are going to be one of the few teams, if they play Ibaka at the four, that has that kind of a setup. And so when the Magic acquired Serge Ibaka, I think I was in the vast minority, but I, I am... Really in on this idea, and I'm glad that, and actually I felt very validated when I saw in Zach Lowe's article that, that there are some Magic staffers who believe that the team's most effective lineup's going to have a Bach at center and Gordon at the four. I was very happy to see that because it, it made me feel like I'm not crazy. But when the Magic acquired Serge Ibaka, I was like, okay, the Magic have this figured out now. They've got Serge Ibaka at the five and Aaron Gordon at the four. They're going to go small, they're going to be fast, and they're going to defend like crazy because they've got length and athleticism to protect the rim, protect the paint, and sh- and to try and shut you down on the perimeter. I felt like it was a good fit together. And I still think it's a good fit together. And I do think we will see Gordon Ibaka lineups on occasion. I think Ibaka will play more center this year than he probably has throughout his career. But Ibaka hasn't played the five very much, so it's hard to say whether he truly is effective. There are bigger players at the center position than there are at the power forward position. There are different skill sets that are needed, and we don't know if Ibaka has those skill sets. Like Vucevic, he can step out and shoot the jumper, and so that makes him an interesting center prospect on the offensive end because he'll pull a center away from the basket with the threat of his mid-range jumper. So again, I really like that fit. But with the Magic signing Bismack Biombo, it does appear that the Magic fully believe he's a power forward. Uh, during the press conference introducing all the free agents uh, during Summer League, uh, Frank Vogel said, quote, My vision is that Serge was going to play the four and Biz was going to play the five with Vooch. We can slide Serge over there at center. We always tried to have two rim protectors in Indiana. So we play 48 minutes with shot blocking. 
Now we can play 48 minutes with the ability to switch at the big position as well, making us versatile enough to be elite as a defensive unit in today's NBA. To have two guys like that puts us in a great position to achieve our goals. Like with most of these lineups, we are going to see mixing and matching. We're going to see a ton of versatility, a ton of guys who can play multiple positions and switch and just wreak havoc on teams. So maybe the concern isn't necessarily should Serge Ibaka play the four or the five. The concern really should be how are you going to get Serge Ibaka in the paint? And is whoever's playing next to him going to be able to switch out to his man or rotate out to his man timely enough to prevent an open shot? Like, let's play a for instance here. Let's say Alfred Payton is in a pick and roll with Nikola Vucevic as the center. And, you know, it's last year's team. So Payton doesn't get over the screen well. Vucevic is kind of half hedging uh, and gets beat. This is, this, is my, this is my fear, to be frank. Can Ibaka get from the, the three-point shooter in the corner to the rim in time to block that shot? And then who's going to get back out to that three-point shooter? Can Vooch rotate back out to that three-point shooter? The reality is the Magic's defensive mentality is going to have to change. And, and it's going to be a lot of different guys kind of changing the way they defend pick and rolls. Payton's going to have to do a better job getting over that screen, keeping pressure on them. Vooch is going to have to hedge. And if Vooch gets beat... At least now there's more time for Ibaka to slide over. The question, though, is still who gets out to that, that four-man in the corner? Does Aaron Gordon or Evan Fournier at the two or three on the wing slide down? What if he's isolated over there and there is no help? Is that the shot you give up? That may very well be how the Magic have to defend. But if Serge Ibaka is your center, Alfred Payton comes over that screen Ibaka's there and he can switch on to that man and defend well and then you can have the force switch over and Peyton swi- switch out over there. The, the ability to be defense, to have like sounder defensive rotations to me seems to be a lot better with Ibaka at center. And Biombo I think can do a lot of the same thing. So maybe maybe an Ibaka Biombo combo works really really well both alliter- alliteratively and, no, that's not alliteration. Um, it, it works really, really well um, in that sense, too, that you always have two rim protectors. And I think that's a big thing about what the Magic want to do. They want to have two rim protectors. Uh, they have, want to have at least one rim protector on the floor at all time so that no team can really attack the paint and get those easy points. If teams are going to beat them, they're going to beat them with mid-range jumpers and three-pointers. And that's something you can live with. So, yes, the Magic have a ton of flexibility, and I, I, I don't think the Ibaka option at center is, is off the table at all. I think that's something they will try to do. But it certainly seems the answer has been kind of definitively said. Ibaka is going to play most of his minutes at the four again. They're going to expect him to, to take some more three-pointers, to take more three-pointers, help spread the floor. Uh, they may try and use him a little bit more in the post, and that certainly helps with Vucevic's uh, shooting ability and ability to step out and hit jumpers. Um, they're gonna they're gonna use Ibaka in some different ways than he was in Oklahoma City, but certainly I think there are still some questions about whether whether he fits with this team better at the four than at the five. 
or at the five than the four. For now, he's a power forward. I think you expect him to start at power forward on opening night and to be the team starting power forward uh, for at least the beginning part of the season. And that brings me to, uh, I guess, the other issue. And, and, you know, we talked a lot about the defensive end of the floor. Um, about a week ago, our David Ivanowski wrote a, a post uh, looking at the Magic's offense and how they design uh, a decent offense. And that question is certainly very, very difficult to, uh, to break down. Um, Frank Vogel has never been known as an offensive coach. No one's going to confuse him for uh, an offensive mastermind. His, his Pacers teams, except for I think one year, have really struggled on that end of the floor. So there's certainly no doubt that this is going to be uh, an issue for the Magic. And, and when you look at the talent on, on the floor, the Magic lack a consistent scorer. Uh, a, they lack a uh, consistent uh, penetrator and, and driver to, to make defenses bend and break. They lack a lot of shooting. There are some major problems with the way this Magic offense is created. And, and Frank Vogel has more, been more than willing to joke already that they're going to have to win game 68-65. So get, get used to that thought. But there are definitely some things that the Magic can do offensively that, that can work. Like we said, they have incredible positional versatility. Um, as, as Zach Lowe noted in his article, there, there's a chance that they play Aaron Gordon as a center on offense where he's you know, hanging around the basket and Nikola Vucevic and Serge Ibaka spread the floor a little bit with their jump shooting as big men. It's, it's an outside-the-box idea. And that's, I think, what the Magic are going to have to do. Obviously, the key to the offense this year is to run, to get turnovers and run and score in a fast break. They have a ton of athleticism, and they need to figure out how to use that athleticism to their, to their advantage, to their best. And so the best way to do that is get turnovers, get out on the break. Use block shots to, to start fast breaks. You know, buck the game up on defense and just run. And then get back and play defense again. The Magic, though, certainly have some other things they can do. You know, we're expecting Aaron Gordon to take a leap. Uh, we think Alfred Payton can take another step up, at least getting into the paint and creating for others. He can certainly play better than he did last year. Uh, we're expecting Mario Azonia to be more comfortable uh, in an offense and be able to, to shoot at a, at a little bit of a higher clip. Um, there, There's going to be a lot of different options for this team. The bench is going to be uh, is going to have a lot of scoring and a lot of shooting to be frank. Between DJ Augustin, CJ Wilcox, Jody Meeks, Mario Hazonia, uh if Vucevic comes off the bench, Nikola Vucevic, uh, there are a lot of guys on the Magic's bench that will be able to contribute and score. Jeff Green has been able to put up points in the past. Uh, there are guys that are going to be able to produce some offense. And I think we'll see Nikola Vucevic play a lot with that second unit still. So the offense is certainly a concern. It's going to be hard to get shots and to get shots consistently. Teams are going to pack the paint and dare the magic to to make jumpers. And they've got to prove that they can hit jumpers. There are going to be nights where it's a fight fight for 90, I think. And the magic are banking that they can hold scores down on those nights and focus in on the defensive end enough that they can still give themselves a chance to win those games. The Magic offense is going to be a work in progress all year. 
But like I've said, it's not the major concern. They're going to find a way. They're going to find a little bit of a rhythm. They're going to work probably off the ball. I, I suspect they're going to have another motion-based offense like they had last year. Because last year they had a lot of the same problems. I mean, Victor Oladipo is probably a better driver and creator than anything that they have now. But at the same time, you know, they didn't have a lot of shooting then. And they still found a way to, you know, they weren't a great offense. I think they were like 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th in the league in offensive efficiency. But their offense was still better than anything they had the, four, the, the three previous years. So offense is going to be a struggle. I think we just, we just got to kind of realize that. And uh, not only, you know, kind of be okay with it, but just find a way to, to use the team's strengths to their ability. They're going to have to set good screens. They're going to have to run pick and rolls and get Peyton in the paint where he can, he can twist the defense open. Uh, he's going to have to make those floaters. He's going to have to make the occasional mid-range jumper. Fournier is going to have to cut really well and work on pick and, work on, work on pick and rolls. Uh, Vucevic has to make his jumpers. Ibaka has to make his jumpers. Uh, Hezonia has to, has to be able to shoot the ball at a high clip. Aaron Gordon has got to become a better three-point shooter, but certainly better than, than less than 30%, which he was last year. Um, a lot of guys are going to need to improve for the Magic to have a functioning offense, but uh, it's going to be a struggle. I think everyone knows that. There are a lot of challenges offensively for this team, uh, but certainly challenges that, that they can overcome in some way and, uh, and build, build off of. So, uh, again, I think most of the focus has been on building a defensive identity and using defense to generate offense. Um, that's certainly the plan. That certainly seems to be the plan. Uh, who steps up to score is going to be a, a big mystery all year. It's probably going to be a different guy every night. Um, it, there are going to be nights where Evan Fournier plays really well, like he did last year, and nights where he struggles. There's going to be nights where uh, you know Ibaka is probably going to be the guy, or Vucevic is going to be the guy, and then nights where they're not. And I think without a star, you just got to be ready to do that and just kind of, again, like I said, I think the Magic's offensive strategy is we're going to overwhelm you with numbers. Our, our first unit, our second unit are pretty much the same offensively. Uh, so we're banking that we can just keep pace with you and pull away when we need to while your starters are resting where we're still kind of humming along. So that's kind of where I see the offense going. It's, it's obviously uh, not a perfect situation at all. But uh, again, I don't think they need perfect right now. So that'll do it for today's show. Uh, I want to remind everyone again, follow us on iTunes. You can find us locked on magic. Uh, you could get us on Audio Boom and Stitcher as well, trying to make sure that everything's go, everything is uh, going well there. Uh, I, I'm continuing to make some cosmetic uh, improvements to the show. Like you, I, I thank everyone for telling me I have a great mic. I know I have a great mic. Um, it's, I'm pretty happy to have it and, and make the show just a little bit better audio-wise. Uh, hopefully, I'll be adding some more cosmetics to it as well. Be sure to like us on Facebook, at Orlando Magic Daily on Facebook. I, I post... A lot of interesting uh, articles there as well. So if you're not quite into the Twitter scene, uh, I'm, I'm a big Twitter guy. But if you're not quite into the Twitter scene for conversations, uh, go to fa- go, go go ahead and like us on Facebook as well. Um, I'll be trying to add more content there too, uh, too as well. I'm trying to. I'm not. A, I'm not a huge Facebook guy, but uh, I'm trying to learn and trying to get better at it. So you can at least uh, get all the articles on Orlando Magic Daily, including Locked On Magic, over on the Facebook page. Uh, in addition to uh, your your Twitter following of me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Speaking of at Omagic Daily, uh, and 
Uh, of course, read us all on orlandomagicdaily.com. Got a lot of uh, great content coming up um, today about uh, really centered around the Sacklow piece and, and kind of the conclusions uh, that are to be made uh, from from some of the information that that Zach unearthed. And uh, I'm sure we'll be breaking it down because we've got a long way to go until the season begins uh, in in the end of September. But uh, a lot a lot to happen before then too, as we we ask and an- we try to ask and then answer these questions about uh, what the Magic are going to look like for this extremely important 2017 season. So thanks, everyone, again for listening to Locked On Magic. I I truly appreciate all the love and support for the podcast. Uh, I will talk to you guys again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.